Welcome to the Viewless Wings Poetry Podcast, where we celebrate the craft of poetry. Each week, we feature interviews with incredible poets and artists, including Olivia Gatwood and A.E. Stallings, and original poetry read by the authors. I'm your host, James Moorhead, poet laureate of Dublin, California, and author of Canvas and Portraits of Red and Gray. In this special episode of the Viewless Wings podcast, I'll be speaking with Italian animator Gaia Alari. Gaia and I collaborated to bring the poem Tethered from my book Canvas to life through the meticulous magic of hand-drawn traditional animation. You can find the animation on viewlesswings.com. To provide context for the interview with Gaia, I'll first read the poem that inspired Gaia's animation, Tethered by James Moorhead. I've long ago learned to ignore the rhythmic tug of the chain that tethers me to the ocean floor. A chill curls around my painted stripes as fog rolls toward a distant shore and wave-powered bells warn those sailing near. I hear passing ships cutting towards the Golden Gate and imagine their carefully stacked containers swaying in the swells. Later, fog fades and California's sun steams dew from my metallic frame, unveiling the shore's outline once more. A seagull pauses, perched and chattering, singing me stories until trade winds lift her to dance above whitecaps. Soon, the season of storms returns, bringing fierce waves and wind to power the peals of my warning bells. Deep in winter, mist freezes to my metallic skin, crafting turquoise crystals that flicker in the moonlight. But in time, calm and warmth return, lit by the moon's waning crescent, mirrored on still water's glass. Do I measure time in seasons, or in dawns and dusks, or count the cycles of frost freezing then dripping melted down my spine? Or do I set aside time and count the swells, or passing ships, or pods of dolphins, shivers of sharks, colonies of gulls? I dream of one day being released from my tether, my work complete, transformed into turquoise sea glass, smoothed by tides and resting on a shoreline beach, waiting to catch the eye of a strolling passerby. How did you approach animating my poem, Tethered? Um, basically, um, I really found it's very easy in the first place to understand what you wanted. So um, I have to thank you because you briefed me amazingly. And when you work with somebody else, uh, sometimes uh, it can happen that, uh, you know, uh, they don't brief you correctly. You, you have to, you know, understand exactly what they are looking for. But for you, it was very clear. And uh, the, um, the poem really set uh, by itself uh, the mood for me um, in, a, in a very immediate way. And that's probably the quality of the poem. It made me immediately understood that I had to um, go towards something that was uh, uh, typically American and uh, uh, that, that actually could be referred to the aesthetic 
that is used uh, in the cinema of the United States more than the, for example, European cinema. Um, I love so many indie um, films uh, from the United States made by wonderful directors. So uh, I went uh, to uh, follow that uh, that kind of of feeling that somehow reminded me of. Uh, all the American writers that I I read, so I am a, a lover of contemporary American uh, novels, like I don't know for from Don Don DeLillo, Raymond Carver. So I kind of found the, the same uh, you know background that I I used to feel when I was reading uh, these writers. So I knew that the direction I wanted to take was that. Then you explained to me that you uh, tethered is basically the story of, of a boy, a poet imagining himself as a boy. So I wanted to, uh, to um, emphasize the concept of, you know, being uh, in a way passive, like subject to uh, what's happening in the world uh, and not finding uh, and at the same time being um, tied and uh, to, to to a place in which you you can't uh, you, you can't break free from that situation specifically it, it can be actually compared to the um, situation of trees for example trees are rooted they have to stay in place and they're just subject to whatever environmental events happen around them and they can't do anything to change the situation. And that's quite like, I don't know, the situation that we had during this pandemic also. So the parallelism came very, very, very naturally for me. And I put the feeling that I had during the pandemic of being tethered still in one place uh, watching the event and everything passing me by to what you put in the poem and uh, blended it uh, with a kind of aesthetic that could remind could hint to the old american writers and the american films uh, uh, of the 70s i don't know i think of john casavetes for example as a director and uh, put that inside the the whole bubble of the process and um, yeah and also of course uh, making it a little bit surreal by adding some transitional sequence that are enticing and that are uh, dynamic so that they could uh, follow the the pace uh, of course of the of the poem and i personally love uh, the the grainy effect of traditional hand-draw animation and i loved the fact that you proposed to make it in 916 as a ratio aspect ratio uh, because it creates a very nice contrast so i went a little um with a heavier hand on the analogic part because i wanted to create this contrast between film you know the film sensation so very hand-drawn very you know human and the uh, aspect ratio that it's typical of uh, like the super young generation and the technology and uh, the social media. So that was really um, 
that was something that really um, gave me inputs and inspired me. So yeah, the, the whole poem in general was inspiring. So it was easy. It was an easy task. How did you discover a passion for animation? Uh, so uh, at first I, I didn't at all plan to become an, an artist or an animator, animation artist. I am completely self-taught. Uh, um, and um, at the beginning I, I had a training and I, I had an academic career in medicine. I studied medicine at university. And as a side passion, I always had uh, that of art, contemporary art. I love to study art books or go to museums. Uh, and uh, I or, always had an act for, for drawing. And as a, as a child, I remember as a teenager, I used to, write, uh, to draw the uh, portraits of my professors or of my um, classmates or anything, basically. And uh, while I was, um, uh, I was in my university years, I kind of felt a little bit caged into the, the, all the medical, uh, you know, um, subjects and the things to do and the internship and everything was very, very, very focused on one thing only. And I kind of missed to be able to explore and create and, uh, you know, the, uh, the creative part. So I kind of started developing it uh, almost unconsciously at first and not believing in that too much, you know, not to be disappointed earlier uh, after afterwards. And um, so I started there and slowly uh, but steadily, I became always much more confident in what I could do. And uh, also thanks to uh, the feedback that I was receiving and uh, that was uh, um, getting more and more widespread in a way. So at first I started as a basic illustrator, then I decided that I could step up and, uh, I don't know, try to make something more artistic. Then I remember that I went to a contemporary art museum here in Italy and I saw the exhibition by a um, Swedish artist called Nathalie Jurberg who uses clay animation as a tool for making contemporary art. And uh, I thought, okay, she does it, why can't I? So I tried uh, literally to, to use uh, stop motion and uh, clay animation in the specific uh, to, to tell some, some stories. At the same time, like uh, by chance, uh, I was contacted by a, a band that asked me to maybe make uh, a, a video, a music video in clay animation for them. And I started, but not like that, not long ago, uh, my first clay animation came out in 2018. So uh, not that long ago. And I started uh, making uh, music videos or short films in, in that technique. And uh, since I've always drawn, it seems just, seemed just natural. Um, to make a further step and try and uh, tackle 2D hand-drawn animation. I've always loved uh, to give to, uh, you know, the still images that I kept producing a uh, narrative quality that I couldn't find, you know, in one single drawing. So when I was uh, working as a visual artist, I basically made, made series 
So the, the natural next step was making a series of animating drawing, animated drawings and tell stories through, through them. So um, I, I had these uh, influences from this artist, Natalie Gerberg, and also another artist who works in 2D in charcoal, uh, that is William Kendridge, that are really big artists, so they're like top influences, that showed me that from uh, a place of uh, not being a, a professional, somebody who studied animation, you can actually come up with something uh, your own from a completely different path, you know. Um, if you're honest and if you work hard and uh, if you have something to say. So there is uh, the, the beginning of, uh, of me being uh, an animator, director of animated uh, short films and music videos, let's say. So that, that's the job I'm, I'm doing now. Hand-drawn animation is so beautiful and meticulous. Describe the work you do behind the scenes to create 90 seconds of animation. <laughs> 90 seconds is quite, quite the, uh, an endeavoring job. I mean, I'm a one-woman crew. So I, I work alone, even though um, I am about to work with a team of, uh, of people now. Uh, because I'm moving from, uh, for example, music videos or small clips uh, to short films and the cinema, which is something that I've always wanted to. Uh, but I'm used to work alone, so it entails a lot of time spending researching, for example, for eventual reference images or also watching movies. I watch a lot of movies that give me the inspiration for creating the atmospheres that could grow could go well with the one piece uh, or or another for example when i work with music i do that a lot i start to get to know the musician and uh, the kind of aesthetic they they have in mind uh, and they want to be represented i usually go and find films that could give me inputs uh, that I can elaborate and then uh, use uh, when I direct and animate uh, the clips uh, or the music videos or in your case the clips for your poem and um, so uh, definitely there is the, the research part uh, that uh, takes uh, the, the beginning of, uh, of the process and when my ideas are clear um, I start drawing and then the process is quite boring basically because it's just drawing and drawing and drawing and drawing meticulously every day. I definitely have to thank medical school for my ability to focus on something like laser beam focus so I can actually wake up at 8 and draw until 8 p.m. You know, so 8 a.m. in the morning till 8 p.m., just drawing. And I'm the, uh, so that's why I love podcasts and uh, TV series and uh, films, because I, I need something to listen to. And um, um, I try uh, for this kind of short uh, uh, works not to be too strict with a storyboarding process. Uh, because I need that, my mind to be in close contact with my hand. So while I'm drawing, I need to think of the scene I'm gonna draw next. Uh, that comes up, up quite naturally. And it's very freeing and very nice to, to have the, the consciousness 
that uh, did I work on that scene the day before, for example, I would have drawn something different. So uh, this is, um, I want to maintain this little, uh, you know, freedom and ability to make mistakes and then correct those mistakes and come up with something different during the, the whole process. It makes me, it makes it very, very interesting and definitely it prevents me from getting bored because boredom is one of my biggest fear. Definitely, I, I fear what I might do if I get bored. Um, so yeah, um, my, my process is, uh, it, it can, uh, it can look quite, uh, quite boring effectively because it's just drawing, 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 but in the meantime, my mind works. So the mechanical works help my, my mind to, you know, move on and think of the subsequent scene and, uh, think of other projects also that I may be able to do. And it's always a challenge. Uh, you know, uh, sometimes I think mm, I'll never be able to draw that scene too complicated. And then I, th that's when I say, no, I have to draw that because, uh, you know, that, that that's the, ch the challenge that keeps me going. And, uh, and definitely then there is the narrative part that I'm currently developing more and more. I'm, uh, I, I'd like to explore more, um, narrative, uh, uh, a classic narrative, uh, um you know line i'm still very fragmented and a little bit artsy so i'd like to develop something that still has the artsy quality but also um has a you know a beginning and uh, and an end you know i am a little bit loopy at the at the moment uh, and still uh, very attached to to the video art world so I'd like to, to, you know, for the next steps uh, by working with cinema, I'd like to break through a little bit and uh, see what I can do when I, uh, I am given a task of being, uh, of directing something that has a beginning as, and a definite end and something happens in between. So, yeah. <laughs> Finally, any advice for people listening who are interested in getting into animation? Um, okay, so I'm not like the, the best uh, person to ask this question to because as you, as I told you, I'm completely un, untraditional, you know, I'm completely, but I can definitely give uh, an advice. If you have uh, something that you feel like you, you should try and you should tackle, don't be afraid. Just try and do that and uh, don't get upset if you don't succeed in the in, the, in your first attempt. Uh, this requires uh, um, being stubborn and hardworking and definitely study. Keep your mind open every time and try and gather influence from the most diverse uh, uh, part of uh, of the creative world uh, th that you can because you have to develop your own style to be recognizable and different from the others there are many animators so if uh, you want to be it depends also on what you want to do if you want to be an animator who gets uh, hired by for example an animation studio then uh, my advice would be that of going to an animation school and prepare yourself properly but if you want to freelance and somehow give uh, not just be an animator but also be a director and artist and visual artist animator artist it's more like a hybrid 
So as, uh, as an hybrid itself, uh, you should be a hybrid too. So go study, uh, do things, uh, take influence to the, from, from everything, uh, take the inspiration from anything. I'm always keeping my mind open with inputs, fields with inputs. I wanted to take Polaroids, I bought a Polaroid camera. For example, this helped me a lot to develop something in within my drawing. And don't try and absorb things too rationally. They're going to come to you. You're going to digest them. It's. I always say that uh, this kind of uh, learning looks more like an unlearning process because it's not really rational. You know, it's not. Uh, uh, it has nothing to do with what I studied when I was in medical school. So books, and then from the book to the head and then from the head to the professor in, in my case uh, when I had the tests or to the aisle when I had the internship. Um, in this case, it's just uh, you don't have to, to, to focus uh, or um, try and concentrate too much on what you, you are supposed to be learning, you know, uh, just let it sink. Uh, your brain is going to do the work for you and digest, you know, all the information, synthesize them, and then you're going to re-elaborate them in your work because every one of us is a different human being. So the same influence that I can have if we, if me and you goes to the same museum can affect me in one way and affect you in the opposite way. So basically, that's my advice. Be curious. That's, that's what I want to say. Yeah. The Viewless Wings Poetry Podcast is written and produced by James Moorhead. You can follow me on Twitter at Dublin Ranch. Subscribe to the Viewless Wings Poetry Podcast and follow us on viewlesswings.com or on Instagram at Fuelless Wings.